Shayna, what's going on? Good to have you back on the show. We've gotten a few takes so far today. The first one, that rotation is a theme and that stimulus is on the way, stay long markets. Then we heard from our other guests to avoid duration. Be careful about expensive tech stocks. Give me the biggest macro call and what you're thinking about the big picture right now. Uh, I actually agree with the stay long stocks uh, idea. Uh, I believe that the inflation numbers that recently came out are going to support the Fed staying put and holding off on tapering because it does appear that inflation has slowed down, though it's still very high. But I think the Fed's going to use it as cover along with some of the Delta variant economic impact. Uh, if that is the case, I think that there will be continued to be support for equities and I would remain long equities. We're starting to see a rotation. We went through most of the summer with uh, very little um, poor breath in the market where you just mm -hmm. saw those big tech names outperform. And now we're starting to see breath improve. We're starting to see those value names come back, small caps start to rebound. So there is definitely a rotation going on in the market that we're seeing from those cyclicals starting to outperform after several months of underperformance. As a matter of fact, every energy stock in the S&P 500 was down greater than 10% at some point but, uh, from May 1st until recently. Mm, I like that point. Uh, Shana, so it sounds like you think it's got legs to run there, like this kind of uh, dabbling of buying some of the beaten down stuff that that could turn into like a real reflation like q1 style trade it could and we haven't really made any changes to our portfolios personally at spotlight we maintained sort of an equal weight to growth and value through this period hasn't necessarily helped us but it hasn't hurt us either we just think that that's the value trade this was a short-term dislocation mostly a result of the delta variance impact on the economy which we didn't believe would be long term. I think people are starting to come to terms with the fact that this is going to be an endemic situation. And so people's behaviors aren't changing as drastically as they did, say, a year ago when there was a rise in cases. I expect that to continue to be a trend. So I expect that we had some short term economic dislocation as a result of just Delta variant impacts. But as we get past that and get into the uh, latter half of the year, that we'll start to see this rotation really pick up speed. Shana, any uh, thoughts on why our nonstop record uh, series that we were getting for the indexes uh, kind of slowed down and hit a little bit of a wall here? Is it that just kind of repositioning you're describing or is there something connected with policy, whether it comes from Powell or the fact we haven't gotten any real uh, timing on the stimulus or how much? I mean, is it worth probing into why we've slowed down here or is this just uh, kind of uh, an after effect from a big run that we got? I think it's probably a combination of a lot of things, but also September is historically a pretty rough month for the markets. In fact, I think it's the worst month uh, for the markets historically. Yeah. And then October tends to be super volatile. I do think, uh, you know, some of the Fed language, um, you know, inflation coming down. We've had some mixed economic data, the potential new uh, changes in taxes. There's a lot of different factors going into the slowdown, but I, I do think that there's some seasonality aspect to it in September just being a rough month. Okay. Stock-wise, a few that I want to circle back on and you've brought to us before. One of the picks in the semiconductor group has been a really good one. That's Marvell Technology. We've had some ups and downs in some of the other companies in the sector, but they seem to be uh, just kind of threading right along uh, to the case that you've made. So how far does that trade go, and what do you see in terms of their connection to some of the supply constraints that we're getting in the sector? Is that benefiting them? Is that helping the stock? 
I think it depends uh, on the individual company. Marvell in particular has made some changes to the way that they're handling their inventory and supply chain to address some of those concerns. So it's not overly disruptive to business. And I think uh, it's a case by case basis in the sector. I do think that, you know, we're seeing semis as a whole start to rebound a little bit. They they were a little weak uh, for a month or two. Um, so, you know, if you got in during that period of weakness, that was good. But I've always been a fan of Marvell. I think it has long term tailwinds uh, to the business. And so, uh, you know, I haven't gotten out of it. Uh, you know, we hold it in one of our portfolios at Spotlight. Okay, been a great one to put on the radars. Uh, you've been talking that for a while. On the home builder side, you've got a few uh, that are on your mind as well. Lennar, I think uh, folks know. Another one uh, that maybe is a little bit uh, lesser known, but still very much seems like it's connected to all the same themes. I mean, how much uh, kind of uh, variation is there within the home building uh, space overall, Shana? Uh, are these companies kind of going to go in the same direction as one another? How is that going to work here on a macro basis? Well, it's interesting because I think, um, you know, there's some real opportunity in home builders in general. Uh, the uh, valuations for home builders are dirt cheap, comparatively speaking, to the S&P 500. I think as an industry group, they're trading at like 10 times, maybe slightly under 10 times forward earnings. Uh, and then when you start to look across the group, there's some really interesting opportunities. My favorite name is MHO, MI Homes. This is a very small cap name. It's trading at five times earnings really strong balance sheet, strong cash flow improvement. It's a, a name that, you know, has, it has business in areas that a lot of the bigger names don't. Uh, and it has more than 50% of its revenue coming from some of the hottest markets like Florida and Texas and the Carolinas. So it's an interesting high quality name, could potentially be uh, um, take a, a, an acquisition target from one of the larger guys, as that's one of the ways some of the larger players in the space are able to build a uh, business in these more popular areas uh, when they don't have a huge footprint there already. But even if it's not, I think it's trading very cheap and the fundamentals are strong. And I think home builders as a whole is attractive because like I said, they're trading very cheap right now with some really interesting uh, macro tailwinds. You know, home builders were really, really burnt in 2007, 2008, 2009 due to the financial crisis. And they've changed the way their model in a way in that they're not necessarily building to meet demand. They're building to somewhat meet demand. So they're not overbuilding because they don't want to get stuck holding the bag. Mm. And that has really helped them be able to maintain profitability. But above and beyond that, we have a huge demographic tailwind with Gen Z and the millennials, the the uh, generations that were supposed to live in their parents' basement and never have kids and never get married. Turns out that's that was wrong. There was a limit uh, to it. Exactly. There's only so much you want to live with your parents before you start to feel a little pathetic. Right. Um, so, you know, they've moved on. The and, basement and gets old. Buying houses. So, um, they're buying and they, we need to have about 6.2 million houses available to meet current demand. And right now, existing home sales are only about five and a half. And that's been a pretty consistent number for years now. So builders have to meet that demand uh, if we want to uh, have equilibrium there. And they're not. Um, but mm. because there's so much demand, there's less chance that they'll get stuck holding the bag for what they are building. Okay. Hey, Shana, real quick. The other pick that I think is new on your list, so we only got like 30 seconds, Activision, you're buying the dip, uh, betting on the people that are still in, in the basement? 
Well, you know, there is some of that. You know, I do think we're going into the winter months and, and people are going to be at home playing video games. But video gaming is becoming more of a sport and that's only going to grow. So I think something like Activision Blizzard can really benefit from that. And the stock is down quite a bit this year. So I think this is a perfect opportunity to consider buying on the dip.